You're listening to Soul Work with Song, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now here we talk all things life, love, and leadership to help you find healing and be made whole. And today, we're doing just that. Now I would sing this one off key, but I love the song too much. So y'all, Christmas time is here. Is there a better time of year? Tell me. I'll wait. There ain't. <laughs> no, we've got a show to do. So, you ready? Let's work. Now, when I first started preparing to do this episode, I was ready to turn it into a show that was going to dispute the folk disputing Christmas. Because, well, yes, it's true. Jesus probably wasn't born in December. And yeah, it's probably also true that the date was used to take attention off of the pagan holiday known as Saturnalia. It's really like a holiday season, right? Christmas started to be known as Christmas right around the fourth century. And that's during the time when the newly converted Constantine became ruler of the Roman Empire. But these political moves do not negate the fact that he was born. We didn't start celebrating Martin Luther King Day until years after he passed on. But does this negate his existence or his work? Right. Thank you. So again, what we can say for sure is that historically, even beyond the eyewitness accounts in the Bible, Jesus was in fact born. Now, this matters more than whether we celebrate his birthday on the exact date or not. And besides, I feel like 2020 and the canceled plans parade that it's been, it's taught us that not celebrating on the precise date of birth does not change whether or not one is worthy of celebration. So there's that. Now, in the midst of craziness, a pandemic, chaos all around us, what could possibly bring us comfort? Not for real, fam, like this year was wild. Some of us were blindsided by unexpected hits. Some of us lost loved ones. We had to close businesses and we lost friendships. Like, I think I'm going to have to do an episode about the friendship breakup because boy, me tell you, <laughs> it gets real. Now, with the news of a new president and a vaccine on the way, the release of a second stimulus and that all the way up stock market, there's an optimism in the air that simply did not exist probably about eight months ago. So for some, especially from a political perspective, the feeling is that all is calm and all is bright. Some would compare the onboarding of new leadership to how it was during Caesar Augustus's reign when Jesus was born. Now, here's a guy, Caesar I'm talking about, who after decades of brutal war and economic hardship, he brought about a certain kind of level of political peace. Sound familiar? And yet, while external peace is great to have, who's going to help us fix what's going on inside? Enter Jesus. Now, if you look at the beautiful and rich story found in Luke 2, you'll see the intentional hand of God getting a virgin girl and her fiance into Bethlehem so that prophecy could be fulfilled. And I think that's one of my favorite takeaways from the story of the birth of Jesus, that God is going to intentionally do whatever must be done so that what he's birthed in you will come to pass. And this is why the Christmas season is so crucial to our faith heritage. 
It's time to declare that even in our darkest times, light has come. Even with terrible, scary, anxiety-inducing news all around us, there's still good news to share. What's the good news? Fam, you know I love when you ask me questions. (laughs) Jesus is the gift. He is the good news the true and only light of the world. Like him being born to save, it means we couldn't save ourselves. Now, sure, we can do things in the name of self-improvement. Like we can strive and discipline ourselves and come up from out of some deeply painful or even scarce type of places in life. There is nothing, hear me, nothing wrong with that. Developing better habits, working out, working on your credit, getting you a good skincare regimen with a side of self-care routine, that is rather lovely. But none of those things can rid us of the deep down, deep inside guilt and sin that we know is residing in the heart. So we can speak all the affirmations we'd like. We can burn all the incense, pose in every yoga posture, and hike to the highest hill of enlightenment. It will not elevate us out of sin. Only a savior could do that. Only bloodshed could bring us eternal victory of the soul. Only God, humbly wrapped in the form that he created, could come down to us for us because of love. And that's what he did. This, this fam is why we call it good news. Because when all around our soul gives way, here comes our anchor, the conquering king, the Messiah to do what only he can do for us, which is redeem us from sin. And sometimes that's hard to admit, isn't it? That we've sinned, that we're sinful, that there's error there. But even if we were to try and flex over this truth or to attempt to completely ignore it altogether, oh, it's going to find its way out of our souls. So it shows up in our patterns, in our temper, in our choice of partner or lack thereof. It whittles its way into our thoughts and takes up residence in our emotions. We feel sin in our bones because somehow, some way, sin is going to show up no matter how polished and independent we think we've become. This is why we need good news, because imagine sin showing up at the worst time. You, you know what I'm talking about. When you were depending on your polish and powers to get you to that next place in life that you knew would finally be your ticket to the joy and ecstasy that would fill that void. So you push and you pursue, but then self-sabotage blindsides you or worse, you do accomplish the goal. But you're more depressed than when you had nothing to flex. What then? Isn't that the right time for some good news? Well, here comes Jesus, the way. He's the truth, the light, the answer. And now to be clear, he's entered the world through the same order that he subjected all human beings to come from the womb of a woman. And he's not going to do anything spectacular for another 30 years when his active ministry begins. That's how humble our God is. He's willing to subject himself to lifelong obedience for our sake so that the plan stays in place. What are we willing to subject ourselves to? All right, son, stay on topic. Okay. Okay. He doesn't perform any miracles for another 30 years, but that's not important. What's most important 
is that him being here means that he is with us, with us. Finally, after centuries of sacrificing animals and using ineffective methods to cleanse us, God comes to us in the form of a baby, the greatest gift that could exist. His presence is both our present and solution. To save us, he doesn't throw us away. He doesn't storm off, leaving us to suffer in our shame. Nah, he becomes like us so we can become like him. Fam, it's true. We become what we behold. So it's time to look at him. I mean, I mean, really, really look at him. By choosing to focus on him, we make the choice to stop looking at everything else. Christmas gives us the chance to slow down, to stop, to gaze, to behold him in his humble splendor. It seems simple, but are you willing to no longer look at the things that are trying to shape you through sheer overwhelm and disappointment? Like, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'm out here paying attention to things that do not serve me well. They're exhausting and insignificant. And yet there I am just gazing away. Anybody else like that? But what if we look at Jesus, not the culture, Jesus, not anything else? And fam, half the time, culture doesn't even know what they're saying. Can I just, can I say that? Culture will fill you with these catchy phrases that will leave you double tapping a screen, smirking at someone's content, but completely unfulfilled. Their advice will have you wandering back and forth, heading nowhere. Thankfully for us, the gospel is more than that. As Tim Keller puts it, one of my favorites, the gospel is not good advice. The gospel is good news. Good advice will tell you what should be done to fix a problem. Good news is the report of the problem already being solved. I got to slow down because I'm getting happy. Somebody stop me. Okay, son. So here's what I'm saying. The good news is here he is, our problem solver, our gift, born to die so we could live. Merry Christmas, fam. Now, whether you get to spend this year around loved ones or not, whether you have what you think you need to be happy or you don't, whether you're disappointed that the year didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, or you crushed every goal you had, no matter what the circumstances you may find yourself in this year, know that he's here. He came and he's with you. You can still call on his name and things have no choice but to change. Even if that thing is your perspective. Say la sugar. And Merry Christmas, fam. To quote that dope hymn, hallelujah. What a savior. Now, my question this week, it's a little different. I almost gave y'all the week off, but I had to do this. It's more of a collective request than an internal moment of reflection. Here's my question. Will you join me in praying for the church? Not the black church or the white church, not the mega church or the local church, not the high church or the low church, just 
Jesus Christ's bride. We're in a very vulnerable position. Now, we don't have reason to fear because history shows that persecution has always produced growth in the household of faith. But sometimes we're persecuting ourselves, if I can be honest. Our leaders are unfortunately experiencing public falls and many of our giants are going to sleep. There is a massive changing of the guards, while at the same time, Western culture is more bold in its post-Christian posture than it's ever been. There are people who we admired and held influential positions within our faith community who are choosing to walk away from the truth. Millennials and Gen Z, we're hungry and ready for change. But sometimes we lack wisdom and real leadership. Our forefathers... They're tired, but tentative about passing the baton for more reasons than one. Obviously, there's a lot going on, more than I've mentioned and more than I know. And perhaps we'll do an episode to discuss it later. But for now, will you take a moment and ask the Lord to continue to keep, cover, and bless his church? Now, I'm not worried because it's his and whatever he starts, he's sure to finish. So pray from confidence in our able God that it will be as he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. Fam, thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be with you today, especially around the holiday season. If this brought you any value, will you subscribe to the show for more soul-hitting episodes delivered freely to your device each week? I'd love for you to also leave a review and a rating. It helps spread the show to more people. Let's get the word out. I really appreciate that. Check out our website, soulworkwithsan.com for more thoughts. We're on Facebook and IG at soulworkwithsan. Now hit me up. I want to hear how you're doing and how we can best serve you. Email me at hello at soulworkwithsan.com. That's hello at soulworkwithsahn.com. And let me know how you're doing. Let's heal, fam. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.